born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. The title of tonight's message, if you want to put a title, is How to Save Yourself. How to Save Yourself from One of the Worst Enemies of All Time, You. You realize you are your biggest problem? It's not the devil. It's not the devil. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. The biggest thing you have to worry about is you. And so I want you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy and chapter 4. The Bible tells us that there's things we should be aware of because... If we're aware of certain things, we know how to deliver ourselves from certain things. So you have to learn, how do I save myself from myself? Did you know that fear produces torment? The Bible says that. But perfect love casts out fear. How do you save yourself from the fear? And that is to learn how to love. Learn that God really loves you and you can trust him. And trust can remove the fear. But if you don't, it won't work. And you can live with fear all your life of what's coming down the road. So here in 1 Timothy in chapter 4, I want you to look there in verse 15. Verse 15 says, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. In other words, he's telling young Timothy... Uh, Timothy, there's a lot of strange teachings out there, and you'll see that in verse 1 of chapter 4. A lot of strange teaching out there. A lot of false doctrine out there. And he says, they're coming after your sheep. So you need to learn how to save yourself and them that hear you. How to deliver those that are under your authority. You're the pastor. You've got to learn how to Save yourself, because if see, if you don't keep yourself from the wolves, how do you keep the sheep from the wolves? They need a good shepherd, right? So therefore, you have a responsibility. So he makes the statement that thy profiting may appear to all, so that other people benefit from what you have learned in your own life. Now, I say this. I don't believe that I'm a legalist. I've had people accuse me of being a legalist, but I don't think I'm a legalist. I do believe that there are certain things that are right and there are certain things that are wrong. I believe that uh, we should raise the bar, raise the standard. And that standard shouldn't be any higher than what God's Word has to say. 
Living by grace doesn't mean a license to sin. It means to develop the, I guess you could say, the, the discipline that you need in your life to fulfill the will of God. So when he says, make not provision for the flesh that you may fulfill it according to the lust thereof. So therefore, I believe there are certain things that the flesh desires that if I keep myself from certain things and make, make no provision for the flesh or opportunities to get in trouble, I'll be safer. So I know that if I never take a drink, I'll never become a drunk. I know if I don't flirt with the girls, I'll be safer. See, the key is, can you learn how to discipline yourself to keep yourself out of trouble? Some people look for trouble. They create trouble. They are nothing but trouble. And yet there's other people who will go out of their way to keep from causing trouble. They don't want to produce trouble. And you know, the Bible says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away what? Because if you don't sometimes have a soft answer, it creates more trouble. And a mean argument sometimes. Or learning how to... Let yourself be abused. Let people defraud you. And there's times in your life when people will say and do all kinds of things to you, but you don't have to return the favor, if you want to call it that. You are you. And don't use the excuse, well, they made me man. You made you man. Because no one can do anything to you that changes your emotional status without your permission. So I have to give people permission to destroy me. But I don't want to be destroyed. I want to save myself. So you have to learn how to think. That's why I said the other day, in your own mind, try to pretend like I am the happiest man in the world. I'm the happiest man in the world. And let's say you come up to me and you want to do everything you can to upset me. Say whatever you want, do whatever you want to try to upset me. And make me mad and angry. I'm still the one to decide whether I will do that or not. Because if I can't control that, then you control me. And a lot of people live their whole Christian lives letting circumstances control them or letting people control them. And their happiness or joy or peace is always dependent upon somebody else's activity. Instead of your own personal walk with the Lord. So he says here. In verse 16, take heed upon thyself, unto thyself, and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself. See there? You've got to learn how to save yourself by your good works and continuing in good works. Well, this is not talking about how to go to heaven. This is talking about the effectiveness of your life, keeping yourself strong enough that the devil doesn't destroy you. Because... If he can, he will, and he will take advantage of you, and he will seek to destroy you. Uh, let me just show you this over there in Second Timothy chapter 2. I, I just thought of this verse, and it came into my mind. So I want you to see there in verse 24 of chapter 2 of Second Timothy, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, 
in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance, a change of mind to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So the devil is trying to capture you. And you want to know, how can I save myself from being captured? It's like playing capture the flag. But this is the enemy trying to get you, ruin your life, ruin your testimony. The devil can't get your soul, but he can sure mess up your life pretty good. And you'll notice when it says in verse 25, where it says, If peradventure God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. See, you get into trouble... Because you believe a lie. And if you get out of trouble, it's because you believe the truth. Satan captures with a lie. Christ sets you free with the truth. So he tells Timothy, learn the word, study the word, that you may deliver yourself and those that hear you by teaching truth. Live the truth, know the truth. That's why it's so important. Now look there in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. The book of Isaiah and chapter 55. So what does Scripture say about a, a person that wants to seek his own way? Why you should not seek your own way? Things are going to get pretty ugly. But when you decide to go against God, away from God, then your life is going to get pretty ugly, believe it or not. You're not going to like where it leads you. So you'll notice there in Isaiah 55, I want you to look there in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So there is a difference. Your ways are not his ways. And there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's word tells us that we're not on the same page with the Lord. You and I have a problem. It's built in. We have an old sinful nature. And so uh, I want you to see the goal, one of the main goals of all of Scripture. And take your Bible and look there in the book of uh, 118th Psalm, the 118th Psalm. The 118th Psalm is a wonderful verse. Some say it's the middle verse of the whole Bible. Well, I have to be honest. I have not actually counted all the verses in the Bible and divided it by two. I just took them at their word. That after this is the longest chapter in the Bible, and before this is the shortest verse in the Bible, which is 117th, the longest, 119. And right in the middle of all of these is the middle verse of the whole Bible, and that's found in Psalms 118 and verse 8, where it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. In other words, God wants to deliver you from you. You do not have it within you to guide yourself. As it says in Jeremiah, it is not within man that walketh to direct his steps. 
You don't have the wherewithal to get the job done. You will only have human wisdom, and that will not be sufficient. Now turn in the Bible to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs in chapter 12. Just a little bit to your right there. Proverbs chapter 12. This is on page 680. And notice there in verse 15. In verse 15. It makes this statement. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. It seems right. It looks right. It must be right because my motives are good. No. It doesn't mean that it is right. And one of the things that most people do is they, they believe that because they prayed about it, it's right. A lot of people have committed a lot of sin by simply saying, well, I prayed about it. But if it's wrong, it's still wrong. I don't care how much you prayed about it. The Holy Spirit never leads you contrary to truth, contrary to the Word of God. It is the Holy Spirit, not unholy spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. And he teaches and leads us according to what is revealed in the word of God. So learn the word so that you can go by it. Now look in chapter 14. Chapter 14. And then look in verse 14. 14, 14 says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Uh, No, there's a verse in the Bible that says the same thing. It says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So a lot of people are not satisfied with their life. But generally it's because they don't like the crop. That's a result of what they sowed. You sow wild oats when you're young. Chances are you're going to reap wild oats when you get older. Many adults are suffering consequences of bad decisions they made years and years ago. So if you want to have something good coming down the road, sow something good today. Do you know he says you reap what you sow? In other words, if you want peace, sow peace. You want to reap joy? Sow joy. You want to reap love? Sow love. Sow anger and see what you get. Sow bitterness and see what you get. Sow malice and envy and jealousy and all those things. See what you get. You see, you reap what you sow. Regardless of what people do, you do right. You do good. One thing it said about Jesus in Acts, it says that everywhere Jesus went, Acts chapter 10, he did good. You may not always get the chance to win somebody to Christ. Maybe just teach the Bible, but wherever you, you still do good. You still do right. Do right by people. And be kind. Be loving. But while you're right there, just look in that chapter 15 and verse 1 where it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. Grievous words stir up what? So, you see, if you sow grievous words, you're going to reap something. And you may not want to reap that. So how do you save yourself from these things? Remember, God does give us some good counseling. Proverbs chapter 3. You're right there. Proverbs chapter 3 
And look what it says in verse 5 and 6. You've probably never seen these verses before in your whole life. You probably have them underlined in your Bible. You probably say, well, this is one of my favorite verses. Do you know, it's very difficult sometimes to recall what you want when you want it because you forget at the moment the heat of anger and so forth. And after it's all over with you, oh, I wish I'd have remembered that. Oh, why didn't I remember that? Well, in verse 5, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. With almost all your heart. All your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In other words, don't trust yourself. I do not trust myself in a room with a beautiful woman. I don't trust her either. I don't trust me. I have a sinful nature. Therefore, I try to keep the door, make sure it's unlocked or cracked, or somebody knows where I am, or my wife is close by with a ball bat. Now, you'll find out you'll save yourself a lot of trouble. That's where, wherever I go, I do my dead level best to have my wife go with me. Now, there's times when it doesn't work out that way, but most times, yes. So I have to watch myself all the time because, you know, my whole ministry of 53 years can go down the drain in 15 minutes. Do you understand what I'm saying? It takes you all those years to develop a testimony of faithfulness. I have wanted to and desired to that my life would be an example of what does it mean to be faithful. Whether to my wife, to my kids... To my ministry, to the Lord. I want to be an example of faithfulness. Because the Bible says, moreover, it is required in a steward that a man be found faithful. And faithfulness is something that every person can do. Everybody can be faithful. You may choose not to be, but you can be. You can be faithful. Faithfully do the things God wants you to do with your life. Then he says in verse 6, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Do you know this is talking about acknowledge him and thank God? In all thy ways you thank God. What does God want me to do? Where would God have me to go? What color of tie should I wear? (laughs) You can get a little nitpicky on that if you wanted to. Like I said, I don't have to worry about that. I just ask my wife, and she tells me what I should do. And... So I know that if I just keep listening to my wife, we'll make it to 54. So learn to walk with the Lord. Trust him. Just trust the Lord. He's going to work things out. He doesn't have to tell you how he's going to do it. We say, well, I could trust him if I knew what he was going to do. (laughs) No. Then it annuls the purpose of the testing. Then that eliminates all the fun. He might do you like Job. Not tell you anything and let you squirm. Job didn't curse God, but he sure cursed the day he was born. God had to let Job see not only how far he's come, but how far he needed to go. There was so much more that God had for him to learn. And that God didn't owe him an explanation. God didn't have to explain everything to him. And so the test was, can the devil get Job to lose his integrity, his trust in the Lord? And the Bible says, 
In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He simply said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Sounds good to me. Take your Bible, look also there in 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel in chapter 8. You got 1 Samuel, then you got 2 Samuel. So 1 Samuel will be first. 1 Samuel in chapter 8. Now look in verse 5. Israel demanded a king. Because you see, one of the signs of living for yourself is that you really don't want God as an authority over your life. You don't mind a man being over you because you can get a man to change his mind. You can get a man to make bad decisions. You can control a man, but see, God, God, uh, he's permanent. God don't bend. He's truth. He does right. He's just. But it says down here in verse 5, And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel. And when they said, Give us a king to judge us, and Samuel prayed unto the Lord. In verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they said unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, they have rejected me. And here's the reason, that I should reign over them. You see, when you don't want God to rule over you, you want to set up your own king. Somebody that will maybe let you do what you want to do. Someone that won't maybe be quite as hard. Somebody that you can get to bend with the wind. You see, they, they offended God. And also, I want you to look over there at verse 19. Verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. For they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us, that we may be like them, all the nations. So he said, we want, we want to be like everybody else. Isn't that the way it is? I didn't want to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be one of all humanity who was born, lived, and died like everybody else. I want to be different. I had somebody tell me, says, you are. But I wanted to be different because I wanted to be what God wanted to be. And I couldn't compete with the people in the world. There's too many of them. But I know if I serve the Lord... I don't have any hard, much competition because not many people want to do that. I want to serve the Lord. And I knew that if I serve the Lord, God, who made me different, will keep me different. I want to be different from the world. I don't want to be like the world. I don't want to live like the world, think like the world. I want my thoughts to be different. I want my thoughts to be like God. I want my ways to be like the Lord. Am I bad because of that? Does that mean I'm lifted up with pride because I want that? But isn't that the will of God for all of us? Is that we not only know him as our Savior, but we love him and want to walk with him and live with him. That is so important. So, 
Uh, we won't take time, but you can go through the book of Judges, and there's one statement that will kind of stand out. Every man did that which was right where? In his own eyes. People just doing what's right in their own eyes. And so that's the way society is today. And so whatever is right is whatever the majority says is right. But you and I know that if you go by the Bible, what's right is what God says is right. And it doesn't matter what the majority of the people say. It's what does God's word say. God says this is right, this is wrong. But you see, today they want to make everything a dirty gray. There is no right. There's no wrong. Just do whatever you want. Just don't hurt nobody. So you can do anything that you want to do as long as you don't get caught. So that is a philosophy. Look in Isaiah 65. The book of Isaiah in chapter 65. Isaiah 65. And look in verse 2. Verse 2 says, this is on page 769. Verse 2 says, I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, talking about Israel, which walked in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Do you believe that God wants to save us from our own thoughts? Remember in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 10, he talks about having vain imaginations. Talking about that we don't fight our battles with, you know, guns and bazookas and tanks and hand grenades. But ours is a spiritual battle. And it's talking about pulling down the strongholds out of our minds so that we could be captured Talking about our thoughts, captured by the Lord. And so that's where real freedom is, is when you become a prisoner of the Lord. When the Lord has captured your mind. And like Paul says, I am a bond slave, doulos, a love slave of the Lord, a prisoner of Christ. And he had his ears bored through as I am a lifelong prisoner of the Lord by choice. Voluntary love slave of the Lord for the rest of my life. And I believe that's what God wants us to do. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, uh, Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. So God wants to help us to realize how to save you from the things of this world. Because, see, if you focus upon this life and this world as though this is all there is to it, then it might as well just be dog eat dog. Get all you can get. doesn't matter who you walk over, who you hurt. As long as you get your way and you win and you got it and you lose it all. Or is it better to lay up treasure in heaven where you can't lose it and it lasts for eternity? Eternal rewards that God wants to give. Because, you see, if that's where your heart is, then you've got to find out what, well, how do I get these treasures? How do I get these rewards? And so God allows all these troubles and trials and tribulations to come and gives you a chance, and me, a chance to prove our love to him by allowing us to have all these other things happen in our life, and we get a chance to prove, do I love God more than anything? Do I love God more than anybody 
Do I love God more that whatever he can do with me and whatever he wants to make me, I'd rather have that. I don't need fame, honor, power, glory here. Because he says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold and silver, though it be tried with fire, may be found in the praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Can you wait till then? Can you with patience wait until you get to heaven? And the Lord gives you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Will it be worth it then? That's where the rubber meets the road. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.